This past weekend, Tara struck the United States once again. Homegrown Tara was sparked as a 64-year-old retiree, Stephen Paddock, opened fire from the 32nd floor of a hotel with 24 guns. 59 people were killed and 527 were injured when thousands of bullets were unleashed into a crowd gathered for a country music concert. What was supposed to be a three-day concert weekend of music, partying, and revelry turned into a massacre on Sunday night. The massacre follows an increase of massacres and violence throughout the world. Now, when describing the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus likened those days to the days of Noah and Lot. We read in Luke 17, verses 26 to 30, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Well, the immediate context of this passage is the destruction of A.D. 70, for the end of the chapter describes the gathering of the Roman eagles. In chapter 17, verse 37, we read, They answered and they said, Where, Lord? And he said, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. And we know, of course, that these are the Roman eagles who would come in A.D. 70 and destroy the society in Jerusalem that had become completely corrupt. However, as indicated earlier in the discussion, there would be several coming of the days of the Son of Man. As you read in verse 22, he said to his disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and shall not see it. These would be the days when the Son of Man would be revealed or apocalypsed. The character of these days is common, whether it be Christ's coming in judgment in AD 70 or his second coming, which we believe to be imminent. In this age, everyday life goes on without reference to God, just as it did at critical points in judgment in the past, whether the flood of Noah's day or the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah or the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. Society was wrapped up in marrying, giving in marriage, planting, building. Nothing wrong with these things by themselves, but conducted completely without reference to an existence of God or a higher purpose with the earth. And society today can be described by the word hedonistic, which is defined by the dictionary as engaged in the pursuit of pleasure, sensually self-indulgent, a hedonistic existence of drink, drugs, and parties. Synonyms include self-indulgent, pleasure-seeking, lotus-eating, epicurean, good time, unrestrained, intemperate, immoderate, extravagant, decadent. That pretty much describes the society that we live in, and especially the culture of Las Vegas, also known as Sin City. It is a society wholly given to self-indulgent pursuit of pleasure and a good time. It's known for its motto, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The city advertises itself as a destination for indulgent behavior without consequence. Well, while the world is given over to the pursuit of pleasure, as believers in a greater purpose with the earth, we need to be sure that we don't get pulled into this lifestyle in any way. It can choke our spiritual growth like the thorns in the parable of the sower. We read in Mark 4, verses 18 to 19, These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. 
We cannot let the pursuit of pleasures or of riches or the lusts of other things to choke our spiritual growth. We need to leave the worldly lifestyle behind, as Peter comments. Using the ES translation of 1 Peter 4, verses 1 to 4, we read, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves in the same way of thinking. For whosoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of his time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but to the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for the doing of what Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join in with them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. Well, the world may be surprised that we will not join them in the same flood of debauchery, but this is who we must be, separate from the world. As Peter tells us in chapter 1, verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation or the apocalypse, the revealing of Jesus Christ, which we believe is soon going to happen. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, or as the ESV puts it, conduct, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Well, in Christ's warning in Luke, he specifically mentions two time periods, the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Now, the days of Noah were characterized by the evil imagination of men's hearts and violence that ensued. We read in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Well, what exactly was this? Well, the evil imagination of mankind was seeing its corrupting result, violence. We read in verse 11, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Well, God hates violence. Ironically, the Hebrew word is Hamas, Strong's number 2555, meaning wrong, cruelty, malicious injustice, or sinful violence. God's view of it is made clear in the fact that he overthrew the evil society of Noah's day because of their wickedness and their violence. Now, when the Apostle Paul was on one of his missionary journeys years ago, he stopped in Athens while waiting for his traveling companions to reach him. It states of him there in Acts chapter 17, verse 16, Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw a city wholly given to idolatry. Now, this could easily be said of Las Vegas, a modern city that is wholly given to the idolatry of today. The idols are different but they're still idols of silver and gold. And men and women worship music performers who are idolized by the masses. It is a city that never sleeps, that runs with an excessive riot seven days a week. When traveling there for work, 
conferences, we were struck by the idolatry that is made to mimic the Babylonian and Roman empires. The Venetian hotel with its winged lion, Caesar's palace with huge sculptures of Roman emperors, the Poseidon fountain, statues of the Greek goddess Fortuna, and many others adorning its streets and hotels. Paul's message to the people of Athens is one that would be well heeded today. The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Why? Well, because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he has given assurance to all men in that he raised him from the dead. Acts chapter 17 verses 30 to 31. Well, the Lord will soon return to judge the world. It will catch the world in complete surprise as the flood did and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Not that there wasn't sufficient warning in those times either. However, our age is very similar to the age the Apostle Paul lived in. The words he penned to the Romans sum up his day and ours in chapter 1, verses 28 to 31. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do things that ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Well, it could easily be said that our age is characterized by a debased mind and all manner of unrighteousness, including murder, strife, maliciousness, heartlessness, and ruthlessness. This is what we saw in Las Vegas, the violent outworking of a debased mind. However, it was in an environment steeped with all kinds of evil, where covetousness, envy, foolishness, and faithless activities thrive. Violence is just another manifestation of this same debased mind. You see, man wants to be able to practice all kinds of evil without fear of consequence. The problem is you cannot departmentalize a debased mind. One evil will lead to another. Selfishness, covetousness, and envy might drive the gambling industry. But it is also the root cause behind murder, strife, maliciousness, heartlessness, and ruthlessness. This is man's base nature as the Lord Jesus Christ described it in Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23, when he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, strife, or uh, slander, pride, foolishness. All those things come from within and defile the person. Reading from the ESV. If we create an environment that caters to evil thoughts, to sexual immorality, to coveting, to wickedness, to sensuality, envy, pride, and foolishness, we cannot be surprised if murder pops its head up too. If we legalize the rest of the list, regulate it, condone it, tax it, we cannot be surprised that we cannot suppress evil thoughts that express themselves in murder. We live in a time similar to the days of Noah and Lot, where violence and immorality run, or ran rampant. Now, it isn't that those quote-unquote innocent people who were savagely gunned down in Las Vegas were any worse than anybody else. 
The Lord makes this point when talking about the Galileans who were killed by Pilate. When he says in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5, there were some present at that time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were any worse offenders than all other people who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The point is that we need to take stock of our lives at times like this. What are we living for? Is it simply for the pleasure of sin for a short season of our lives? Or are we trying to make something better of ourselves? Well, we might smugly sit back and think that, well, we don't participate in the evil of this world. We thank God that we're not like those concert goers in Las Vegas. We would not be found in the casinos or establishments of a place like that. However, we need to ask the question, are we entertained by the world's vices vicariously? Paul ended his condemnation of the vices of the society in his day with these words in Romans chapter 1 verse 32. Talking of people who engage them, he says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. So the question is, do we take pleasure in those that do these things? Are we entertained by their actions? Do we spend time watching television shows and movies about the vice and crime in places like Las Vegas, Miami, or other places? The entertainment industry thrives on satiating the appetite men have for violence through TV shows, movies, and video games. This is something we need to assess in our own lives and the lives of our children. Do we have an appetite for violence? Do we like to watch violence or engage in it vicariously through video games? You see, often we think of sexual immorality as the worst vice, working itself out in fornication and adultery, and practiced vicariously through pornography and the internet. However, the violence in movies and video games today is so graphic that it has become the pornography of violence. Society holds viewing pornography as shameful, yet watching violence on the screen or engaging in it vicariously through video games isn't viewed as scandalous or dishonorable. Awards are handed out to, for films that are pornographically violent. They are critically acclaimed. It can be easy to think, well, at least there's no sexual explicit content in a movie. Really? Think of what God says in the Psalms. It clearly states his assessment of a wicked and violent society. Psalm 11 verses 4 to 5 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyes try the children of men. The Lord trieth the white righteous. But the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So God's ability to see the hearts of men allows him to assess their motives. He hates those who engage in immorality, described in this passage as the wicked. He also hates those who love violence. Now the Hebrew word for love is the word Ahab, Strong's number 157. And it carries the idea of having an appetite for something, 
God hates those who have an appetite for violence. And his judgment is spelled out in the rest of the psalm. He says in verses 6 to 7, Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and an horrible tempest, as or this shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous loveth righteousness, and his countenance does behold the upright. God destroyed the world because of its violence in Noah's day. As we read in verse 13 of Genesis chapter 6, God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Well, while God promised never to destroy the world again in the same way, Peter tells us that the corrupt society will be removed again. As we read in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 7 from the ESV, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last day with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago, that the earth was formed out of water, and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that existed was deluged and or deluged with water and perished. But the same word, by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Well, that was true of AD 70, of which Peter is writing. The society was stored up for fire against the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. It is also true of society in which we live in today. As Jude writes in verses 14 to 15, Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Well, Peter tells us the corrupt administration of society today is going to be replaced with a holy and a righteous one. As we read in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verses 9 to 14, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. For the day of the Lord will come as a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt and burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent that you be found of him without spot or blemish and at peace. And that's reading from the ESV. So while the earth is not going to be destroyed again, the political heavens are going to be wiped away. And we look forward to a time when the senseless violence of this world is put to an end. This will involve the destruction of Hollywood and its violent and immoral movies, of video games that teach violence, and of the internet that promotes vice of every kind. We read 
that we need to develop the love of the Bible, which does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth, in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. After all, the society we long to be involved in is one where violence is not taught, it's not learned or practiced anymore. We read in Isaiah 2, It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. It shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth a law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 2, verses 2 to 5. So as we watch violence erupt throughout the world, let us remind ourselves of what manner of people we ought to be. Let us purge ourselves of any impurities so that we can be fit vessels for our master's use. As we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those that call on the Lord from a pure heart. Second Timothy 2, verses 20 to 22, reading from the ESV. So if we find that in our lives... There is any impurity in our vessels. There are things that need to be cleansed out. Now is the time to do it so that we can be vessels that are fit for the master's use. Vessels that are holy and set apart so that when the kingdom comes and the Lord Jesus Christ established the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwells righteousness, we can by his grace be a part of that. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bone joining you. 